favorite part of watching any Star Wars movie, any, movie with me. Any movie that has an amazing soundtrack, especially at a time in the movie when the music is significant and then swells mm-hmm. and then sure as shit, mm. you will sing like the crescendo. You do it. I get so excited. Uh, yeah, it's great. Me too. I, I wish you did it a little quieter sometimes, that's all. Yeah. Because yeah. like... It'll be like, we'll be watching like Return of the King and mm-hmm. Gandalf and Pippin will be riding into Gondor and it's like, you see the wide shot of Minas Tirith and they're yeah. riding up the city. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love this scene. Or like, or like the beacons, even better scene is the lighting of the beacons. It's mm-hmm. the same kind of music, but like, there's just, I love that scene so much. And I'm like. It's building, it's building, and it's my one of the favorite scenes in the movie. And sure enough, as soon as like it gets to the point where like, you see like the the montage of the beacons being lit, <sighs> my god, damn it! It's amazing. It's it, amazing. It's amazing, and I try I try to prevent it from happening, but it's almost like I'm compelled. So. Ooh. It's okay. Sorry. It's like I can almost predict it, so I just know. Well, in my defense, you've seen these movies many times. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> anyway, this is Mutual Victory, and our dogs, who have been sleeping for literally the last three hours, have suddenly decided to find Squeak Toys right on cue. I wonder if they can also sense the excitement building. <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to add to this soundtrack. I couldn't think of a better metaphor for what we just talked about than that. Yeah. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. But anyway. What are we t- talking about today? Today's a big day. Big day. We're dropping this a day early mm-hmm. because Thursday is May 5th, but Wednesday is May the 4th. Be with you. It is a high holiday. High holiday. household. It's like it goes. I think it goes Christmas, May the Fourth, Easter, etc. Easter? Yeah, number three. No way. You think Easter is higher? No, I would think Halloween is higher. Ah, uh, okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah, good call. Anyway, we're here to talk about Star Wars Day today, yeah. and I can't believe we've made it to episode whatever the heck this is. Seventeen, not counting a couple extras we've plopped in there. No. It's- 18. Oh, yeah. You're right. 18. Right? Yep. Um, I can't believe we've made it to episode 18 without having like a full episode mm. just solely devoted to Star Wars. Yeah, we've really is, been keeping this in our pocket. This is a Star Wars episode. So buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> and this wasn't really intentional. We didn't really plan it out. We were actually sat about an hour ago like, shit, you're about to leave town. It's on my list. We don't have an we don't have an episode for next week. What are we going to talk about? It's true, but it's also on my list in my phone. Yeah, it says is, Star Wars Day. It just worked out. It yeah. usually does. It's amazing. It's like the Force was with us or something. Hard to argue. So I'm not even going to try. Mm-hmm. Now, 
where the hell do we start on something like this? You know, I was thinking that it's probably a good idea to start with our top five Star Wars movies in order. Okay. Give people a little bit of a an idea about where we're coming from, what we value in our Star Wars movie consumption. Okay. And um and also with the like, you know, if you're listening to this still <laughs> and you haven't hey, exited. I think we got a subscriber last week. This really? week, yeah, a couple days ago. I got okay. an email. Okay. So Someone's new listener. Listening. Thank you. New listener, thank you. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know if I care about Star Wars. And you're pondering, do I care enough about Jeannie and Matt to listen to them talk about Star Wars? I'm going to say, hang in there. Because there's much to love about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I think it gets just kind of like put in this category of this Mm. thing that either you were exposed to it and you loved it as a kid or you weren't. It doesn't need to be that way anymore. Yeah. And it's hard to... It is such a big, massive thing now. Mm-hmm. Like 20 years ago, there were like three movies. And then soon after that, there were some books. But like they were, they flew under the radar if you weren't really looking for them. Three movies. Now it's like, it's massive. So like if someone doesn't know a lot about it or like they kind of right. miss the bus, it's like where to start? Where to start? Like, what is what? You know, it's like super confusing. It's kind of like. Or like, why? Why do I care about this at this point if I've made it to year X in my life without caring about it? Yeah. And unfortunately, it's like a big fandom like that. There's a lot of gatekeeping that goes involved. Uh Like, well, you know, if you weren't in at the beginning, then you're not a real fan. Blah, 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 blah. Which is just like ridiculous because in every single point of our lives, everyone, there was a point where we did not know anything about Star Wars. So it's true about most things. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm just saying like, so like, okay, you are, maybe someone doesn't know any bit about it or haven't seen them. Okay. Now is the point you don't know anything about it for us. It was like 20, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So who fucking cares? It's just like no reason to not try out something. Like don't let an asshole be like, well, you're not a real fan. You're only a real fan. If you like these things, Oh, you don't know this character. Oh, you're not a fan. It's like, that's the, I hate that kind of gatekeeping bullshit. Yeah. We're not doing that shit. No. We are all about everyone enjoying. So uh, so stick with it. And maybe you'll find something else or something new about yeah. Star Wars today that inspires you to watch one and maybe more of the movies. <laughs> so we decided to start with the top five. I think so. Although uh, I'm very curious about, I think I know the answer. Hmm. So I had. I also had the thought of we could try to guess which Star Wars character we first loved mm. when we were children yeah. and first watched the Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. Like, who is your first character? I don't know if I have an answer for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Then, sure. I, then I can't guess. Yeah. <laughs> you can guess all day. <laughs> I don't fucking know the answer. Okay. <clears throat> um, but why don't you hit me with your top five? All right, top five. You want me to start at number five and work yeah. my way to number yep. one? Yeah, do that. Okay, so number five is Solo. Good. Yeah, I think that's for me too. Really? Yeah. What do you love about Solo? I, there's a specific scene. And again, it really sometimes comes down to the music. It's the scene where they do the Kessel Run. Mm -hmm. And 
the track on the soundtrack is called like reminiscence therapy, but like there's, it's a great, they weave like the solo theme and also like classic star Wars theme, especially the point. There's one moment when they're like flying the ship and it's Han and Kira sitting in the seats. And then like, they're not like Kira doesn't know what she's doing. And then like Chewie's just like, and he like hits the buttons and he's like, when did you, when did you know how to fly? And Chewie says something. And he's like, 190 years old. You look great. And then Kira gets out of the seat and Chewie sits in the co-pilot seat. And then right. the Star Wars theme swells. Oh, I was thinking about it. I get chills. And then you were good. Yeah. It's a classic Star Wars moment of Han and Chewie tearing ass all over the place in the Millennium Falcon. And um, yeah, I think when we first saw it, I gave, the, gave that movie like a B minus. Mm-hmm. But the more I watch it, the more either I stop giving a shit about like judging movies harshly and just enjoying what I enjoy. Right. And I enjoy a lot more of that movie Mm. every time I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, Solo is about just fun space adventure. Yeah. Um, You know, and there's so many things and obviously we're going to get to that about why I am so invested in not just the movies, but like the star Wars universe itself. And you know, the thing about solo is that it definitely is not about taking itself too seriously. We're, you know, we're not looking at a battle between necessarily like good and evil and dun, dun, dun at this stage. It's just fun space adventure. The scope is pretty small. Yeah. um, But that doesn't mean like what's at stake for our characters is any less. Like I, I like that this I like stories where the scope is huge and it's galactic civil war, or it's very small. One dude trying to find his way back to someone he wants to find and earn a living type of thing. Yeah, um, and I think one thing I like about Solo that is like sometimes the stories that have no Jedi, no Force stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are cool. And I also like when the movies are like a separate genre. Like, don't mm-hmm. think of it as a Star Wars movie. Solo is like a Western. It's set in space. <laughs> you say right? that every time. Yeah, it should be like viewed as yeah. a Western and it's got that kind of feel to it. Which like when a yeah, movie... Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. I can totally see that. When it stops trying to be a Star Wars movie, right? it's like, this is a this is a Western or this is like a World War II movie. It just happens to be set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And there has that like that like outlaw kind of frontier mm. um, vibe for sure, and it's just fun. And um, I love Lando. I do. Yeah, Donald, I love everything about Lando. Always have, and mm. so getting to see like Lando before, you know. Yeah, I uh, think Donald Glover did a great job. Oh my god, being a young Lando, he totally so had the whole spirit. The whole vibe of his his cute sassiness that he had at Empire. He totally nailed it. Yeah, I love it. So um, so that's why Solo is number five. And you agree. I agree. Number four? Oh, you want me to go first for number four? Rogue One. Mm. That's my three. Okay. I had a thought that probably around three, four, we were going to also be different. Mm. And I know that our one, twos are different. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, Rogue One is four for me. I think um, I really love the trilogy aspect of Star Wars movies. I Mm. love, 
you know, so I think it was hard. It's hard every time I watch it that I'm like, you know, the ending is the ending. And I... Rogue One? Yeah. Really? I love it. I know. That's fantastic. I know. It is arguably the best part of that movie. I know. We just have a different, you know? Okay. Now, which part of the ending? Well, I'm trying not to give away too much information for people who haven't seen it. So, it's just like the ending is very much an ending. And I had definitely... I like I love Jin, mm. and uh, and I would have loved to see her story continue a little mm, bit more. I right. think, um, and it also didn't quite make it to number three for me, uh, because uh, I don't, you know, actually I don't know because one of my favorite Star Wars characters is in Rogue One, mm. and so you know, Chirrut Imwe. And I'm one with the force. The force is with me. Like, and maybe it is. It's like grief, right? It's mm. like these characters that I felt in love with in Rogue One, mm. knowing that like that's it. I'm not going to see them You're again. Not see them in any other movie. Um, yeah. So mm. it, it's hard. It's the only thing that when we pick it up and it's like, oh, what movie? What Star Wars movie do we want to watch tonight? That I'm not like Rogue One because my heart oh. breaks a little bit every single time. Oh man, see that's like why I love it. I know. <laughs> I'm like. I mean, see, if you said the trilogy part, like, it leads into episode four pretty well. Oh, of course. So that's why I kind of, like... And I mean, like, like part of the trilogy piece that I love is, like, I get to see the next thing that this character is going to do. Or I get to see them evolve. Or I get to see yeah their relationships shift and change and things like that. So. Yeah. One thing I love about what how Rogue One is and looks is, like, they did a really good job making sure it matched episode four uh-huh like as far as like the tech the look now of the- you're saying episode four and yeah. you do this and it doesn't work in my brain you have to say and maybe for people who don't know the order of these movies okay. that came out not in order episode you, four is episode four a new hope or like the original the star original wars original first so episode four came out first yeah mm-hmm. um i don't remember what i was saying what was i saying I'm sorry, you said episode four, and then my brain went to. Yep. Oh, and then shit. you're like, this idea is stopping. Oh, they matched. They did a really yes, good job. They matching. made sure because it, it, it directly precedes a movie that came out in 1977. They had to do a good job making sure not only like the tech, the costumes, but like down to the facial hair. Yeah. Like a lot of dudes in the OG Star Wars episode four, it was <laughs> 77. So they got stashes and sideburns. Yeah. And. I think the actors were even told, like, grow 70s style mustaches and sideburns because wow. it fits, you know, and it, it, it looks, it, they jive together really, really well. And I also like that one because that is straight up Rebels versus Empire. And it's like, right. they're classic Star Wars. There's classic. X-Wings, there's TIE Fighters, there's Star Destroyers, it's got it. And it's done really, really well and exciting. Yeah. And there's the epic scene at the end. Yeah. With Which was added, Vader. like, last minute. Which was just... Yeah, with Darth Vader. So seamless. Yeah, and you know... Crazy seamless. And it's like, going into the next movie, you know why he's, like, dialed up to 11. And, like, mm-hmm. give me the plans, you know? Like, you know why he's pissed off. You know why he's furious. Which is, like, the most angry we ever see him. It's funny. Which, like, why I love him as a villain. Because he's very rarely loses his cool. Explosive. Like, he's not explosive... Right. He's not like over the top angry. He is in control, except for that in the beginning when he's the first of the original movie when he's like literally holding a guy by his neck. Right. He's like, 
tear the ship apart. And that was like the angriest we see him, which I, I just, I love that so much, which will, I'm sure we'll talk about the sequel trilogy. I really wanted to see that with Kylo Ren. I really wanted yeah. to see him grow into a more calm, more in control villain. And I think <laughs> we were sitting in the theater or like on the way to go see the rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. like the third of the sequel trilogy that came out a couple years ago. I'm like, here's what I, I would love to see Kylo Ren be like Vader. Like he wants to be like Darth Vader. Right. Maybe he's more calm. Maybe he's more in control. Maybe he's, that makes him even more powerful. And like the first scene, he is <laughs> walking through this forest, just fucking slaughtering people. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, well, that is not what I'm seeing. Well, Kylo Ren is still an adolescent, very much an adolescent. Which they missed opportunity to show growth. Which in the first in Force Awakens, when he like has his lightsaber out and like smashes that like console after that yeah, one yeah. Big game bad news, that kind of fits. But if they showed him much more calm and control in the episode in the third of those movies, I could be like, cool, he's grown up, he has learned something, you know, and like he has he's changed over these movies instead of been the same kind of angry, petulant, pseudo adolescent bad person. But whatever. We, I have a ourselves. um. I have an Enneagram theory around that, though, because I believe that Vader is an eight. And so their, like, his anger would come from a place of righteousness. And totally, I must be in control, ultimately, from this weird, skewed idea of keeping everybody safe or protecting people Mm. in a fucked up backwards way. Well, like, that would be really true to his origin as Darth Vader, especially in episode three. Revenge of the Sith, when he actually like turns to the dark side, right? It is to like attempt to control things and keep things from changing and save the pe- the person that he loves, right? Like, oh. whereas Kylo Ren is a three, and so it's actually about power and being the best mm. and being able to measure up, oh, yeah. to this standard and pedestal that he has put his grandfather on. Yeah, so totally. You know, anyway. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> I like that. Anyway, back to uh, what's your number four? Return of the Jedi. Wow. Okay. Why? All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You seem to disagree. <laughs> I, no, I get it. Why, what do you disagree <clears throat> with? Where, like, what? Where, nope, that's what? all I'm going to say about that for now. Why? Because I got others. Stuff to say about Return of the Jedi. All right, we can talk about that when we get to it on your yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so why is it number four for you? Like, why is it so low? Yeah. Because Rogue One is number three. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I can I can be with this. Okay. All right. Be in the. So, what's your number three? My number three is Force Awakens. Oh, all right. That did not make my list. You know. And if you look up shit on Force Awakens, people want to talk smack about this movie. So maybe a little bit of it is rooting for the underdog. Oh, all right. Maybe a little bit of it is I have a visceral embodied response to the Force. Okay. So this, you know, resurgence of mm. um something that i have loved and has felt so uh 
like legitly religious and yeah. spiritual in mm-hmm. my life. Um, you know, having full awareness that it is made up and I won't get Honey, into everything is made how up. all things are made up, right? You said it, not me. Um, so when this movie came out, it just was like my heart exploded. Hmm. My heart just exploded. Yeah. And, um, you know, total love of Ray. Oof, we're gonna. You mean not like? I know we always say. Dis- we have I thing. I didn't dislike Ray. Okay. Um, I think she is fell victim to a new trend that I'm kind of noticing. Okay. Embracing myself. You well, yeah. You probably should. <laughs> it's gonna sound. I'm gonna sound like a total asshole. Okay. So bear with me. All right. It has, and it has to do with. I know. Female protagonist. I know, I know. Okay. I'm gonna and to, all right, now here's the thing. I can name like three female protagonists that kick serious ass mm-hmm. and were great characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Connor. Honey, you don't need to. I, and Ripley from Aliens. I don't think anybody listening to this at this point is going to like okay. think that you so are here. Anti- so here is. Female protagonist. Goddamn women. <laughs> Can't carry a move. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the only thing I am not, I mean, this is after rewatching many, many times. The only thing about Ray is that Ray never fails at anything she tries to do. Right. Throughout the three movies, I think almost, mm-hmm. um, she does not get a, she's not get the opportunity to fail. It's almost like she is always awesome. She just has to realize she's awesome, which is not a, journey your protagonist should go on i mean your pro your your main character classic uh you know rules as far as the hero's journey kind of thing yeah but like also i mean they need um like an external threat and internal conflict i mean and when they meet those things and fail they are given the chance to grow and Mm -hmm. learn Mm mm-hmm and Ray doesn't fail at anything. Like, I'm not even going to say, like, she's too good at everything. Like, I can buy that as a scavenger on Jakku, she has learned to handle herself. She she can fight with a weapon. So I'm okay even with her being able to use a lightsaber. Like, she's, you know, use it as a weapon. Okay, you, you can, you've learned to handle a weapon similar. This is not that much different. Like, I... <laughs> I don't know how she could have defeated a another lightsaber wielding force user like Kylo Ren, who has had force lightsaber training, training for his lifetime. Essentially, that's where I'm like, you should not. You should have. You should have lost that fight, needed saving, and then learned from it. Then you come back in the next movie, having. Learned and grown and licked your wounds like Luke Skywalker did in episode in The Empire Strikes Back. Like he fails that whole movie, and right. then he like when he comes back in Jedi, and is different, is changed, is more calm, is more powerful. Like it makes like it feels real because like we just watch him get his butt kicked. So he has done some learning and growing. Okay, if you are doing nothing but winning, what are you up against? You know what I mean? I have a counterpoint. Go for it. What would Ray have learned by failing? She was not cocky. She was not whiny. She had spent her whole life 
attempting to figure out how to survive on her own. She had not an, not a hint of entitlement, of superiority. What did she need to unlearn? You, you can still be a good person and fail because I, oh, you, I know. because you're going up someone who is like. I'm how, saying that as far as how tall is Ray? Five eight, five nine. Kylo Ren, Adam Driver is like six four. Yeah, but we can explain all of that by saying that the force is with her. See, like here's the thing: she I think, was on the side of the right in this case, right? But that's not always the most powerful side. And mm. it's like the Harry Potter effect in the sense of like we can explain it away with magic, we can explain it away with the force. And I will say, from a character perspective, there was nothing about Ray. That was like, you know what this girl needs? She needs to be knocked down a couple pegs. She needs to experience failure so that she can grow in like depth and understanding and compassion. Like when Luke was so, failing, right, he okay. needed to because he was a whiny little bitch. Then what's his what's her internal thing she's struggling against? Not belonging. So abandonment. But yeah, but how does that make her awesome at everything? It it doesn't make her awesome and everything. It just mm. isn't. She doesn't need to be knocked down to have and have this experience of failure in order to have perspective and to grow as a yeah. person. I mean, you could be the most humble person in the world, but and not need the lesson of failure to grow as a person. What is the lesson of failure? What is the lesson of failure? Uh-huh. I mean, it's. I mean, it could be anything. I don't know. What do you mean? What is the lesson of failure? What is get, name? Name some lessons of failure. Usually, it's a character lesson. Usually, it's something that brings us to this other side of humility and awareness and connection with other people that maybe we had opinions about or judgments around. Ray didn't have any of that. She just didn't. I mean, is that an argument for her character or against her character? Because it also makes her very like, what are her flaws? Her that's, flaws are that are the the longing to belong. Definitely, that's a flaw that she's struggling against. It's right? a, you know what I mean, like it's her like flaws big to overcome. Wound. It's her big wound. Hmm. You know, it's like I mean, think about all of the. I mean, we're not going to get into like the ins and outs of this of that whole trilogy, and think about her like such deep longing to turn Kylo Ren. Hmm. That was about wanting to connect with somebody, wanting to belong with someone and needing to have that, like, you're choosing me. You're not just choosing the light. You're choosing me. So her character flaw is that she wants to belong more than anything else. She wants to belong to something. And she fortunately made really great decisions along the way. (laughs) Thank God she's for the most part. I mean, I don't know when. I mean, I don't want to get into it, but it's a good thing she was so perfect. Oh my God. (laughs) All right, we're going to fight about it later. um, Later. So that's your three. My three was Rogue One. What's your two? Empire. Oh, all right. My two is A New Hope, the original. Mm -hmm. That's my two. I could have guessed that. Yeah. Because you know what my number one is. I absolutely know what your number one is. It's Empire. Right. And yep. my number one is Return of the Jedi. And yeah, it always will be. I knew that. Yep. Yeah. It makes sense. What is, I mean, your number one, Empire Strikes Back being your number one. That's like, 
I would say if I had to like place a bet, mm. the majority of people who love Star Wars, that is their number one. What do you think that's about? Uh, mainly if maybe from like a film, like movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like Star Wars 2, a straight up sequel where like the same gang gets together and does right. another adventure. It was like, I think because A, it may have caught a lot of people off guard as far as like, oh, wait a minute. Our heroes are losing mm-hmm. and have lost and one of them is frozen in a block of carbonite. One had his hand cut off and got some pretty devastating news. Yeah. And they and like this ends on a super down note. Yeah. So I think that I mean it's like the Infinity War where it's like it ends and we're like what just happened to all of our heroes? Like yeah. they are in trouble. They are dust kind of thing. Yep. So I think it's that and and I think it took all the characters their their journey through that movie was totally unexpected. Like, you know, Luke's going to learn to be a Jedi. He's going to get his ass kicked because he actually doesn't know anything about the Force. He has a preconceived idea of what training should be, what the Force should be, and he hasn't learned it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, everything he does, like, he can't lift rocks. You know, he thinks that it's like, you know, he's not focusing, you know, that weird test in the cave where he sees, like, the Darth Vader thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't lift the ship. And it was just like, you asked too much of me. You know what I mean? And then Yoda's like, boop, there it goes. Yeah. Um, and then he runs off to get in a fight he's not ready for. You know? So it's like, not only is the, the tension of just like, you know, how is he going to be ready to do what we think is going to happen and face the bad guy? It's mm-hmm. like, he is not ready for this at all. So as a moviegoer, it's like, maybe I should be worried about this guy. Especially when he flies off to go see Vader. Because we actually have seen a a real lightsaber fight like the one in the movie before new hope was very kind of like less choreographed mm-hmm. kind of like a hokey i want to say um but it was between darth vader and an old man and darth vader won yeah. so now it's like why do we think luke is going to fare any better than an actual jedi like he's not he's had no barely any training but definitely barely any lightsaber training right. so like luke is in over his head so from a audience perspective like we should be worried about him and that's just so much more interesting than if like we are not worried about our character at all if we're like we've seen them kick ass the whole movie it's like (laughs) if we've seen luke just dominate everything we'd be like yeah he's gonna fight the bad guy good guy's gonna win and it was just like totally not that it was not that yeah um empire was not my first simply because of how much I just don't like it when the bad guys are doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm not even going to attempt to be philosophical about this. Not to mention that my my mind is still a little bit spinning about this race situation. So I have to put that over (laughs) to the side. Um, And I just don't like it when the bad guys are doing it. Like, I get it. And it had... Oh, yeah. Like, if, this, Return, if Return of the Jedi had the Empire's ending, like, Empire wins, good guys lose. Yeah. Be like, what? Yeah. That's bad. That's a horrible ending for a trilogy. Horrible. Right. And I don't care. I know that this is a very unpopular opinion. I do not care about stormtroopers. Like, I don't care about them. I don't find them scary. I think that they're annoying... I just don't like stormtroopers. And so the, like that whole part, I just, I just. Well, like, I don't think you as a viewer should 
like them. Well, I don't have like a like uh, response to when they're on the screen. Although I will say that when we were in Disney and we were on that <laughs> ride, and oh, uh, what Rise of the Resistance? When we were on Rise yeah. of the Resistance, and like we walked out of the ship or whatever, mm, and they were all. Yeah. I was like, okay, that was a little scary. Yeah. Um. But watching them in the movies, I'm just like, this is dumb. They look like little Ken dolls or something to me. I don't know what it is. Hmm. So I don't care about them. And Return of the Jedi, I think, is my number one, mostly because of nostalgia. It is the first movie of the three that I have a very deep working memory of. Yeah, I saw saw that in the theater in 83. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't remember seeing it in the movie theater i remember seeing java okay i have a memory of java the hut on screen like i had all the toys of this oh, yeah. movie yep. i had like um i i fell in love with r2 like i just love r2d2 so much and <laughs> like wanted to have I wanted to have one. I mm. wanted to have you could this, probably like, find one hanging out droid that like <laughs> is has your back and knows yeah. a bunch of information. Whatever you need to know, he's like got it. Mm-hmm. It was just really mind blowing to me. Would and you then like it- if in the Highlander we can take out maybe the sunroof <laughs> or the the moonroof uh-huh. and put a little dome a little so dome. we can get an astromech droid for you to drive around with? No, because I want to sit next to him. I don't want him to be like on the outside of the vehicle. Oh, see, I want to sit next to a big furry co-pilot. I know. I know. We try to collect them. We got a few. Um, And then Leia. Oh, yeah. In Return of the Jedi. In, in all particular. of them. In all of them. I mean, definitely in all of them. But my memory of Leia in Return of the Jedi was like such a profound moment of, wait a second, princesses can be badass. Like, obviously, <laughs> I didn't have the words badass. Maybe I did. I don't know. Um, can be like super strong mm. and uh, fierce and independent and also incredibly beautiful i mean when she puts that dress on and her hair is all long oh, and, the Ewoks, and yeah. you know she's got the i'm like i wanted that hair mm. from that moment it's it just every single part of the different aspects like the different archetypes of leia that show mm. up just in return of the jedi yeah i have a pretty formidable memory of her from that movie as well probably a different scene that you're talking about but it there nonetheless I'm sure it was a different scene yeah. than, uh, yeah, a different archetype that you remember. Different scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was when she was on the speeder bike shooting people. I'm sure. <laughs> Covered in a, a mud poncho. A, that was the... <laughs> mud poncho. <laughs> You're being such a mud poncho. You're such a mud poncho. That's a great insult. It is. But she goes through, like, so many feminine, so many female feminine archetypes in that movie, and it, I think for me, at least at that point in my life, and granted, I was very young, I hadn't, I had seen female characters be in these little boxes where like they were either beautiful or they were smart or they were strong or they were warriors. You know, like it wasn't like I didn't have access to seeing women characters in in these different ways, but to have them all encompassed in one 
woman and like, oh, and the amount of like respect she got and like her clarity and her level headedness and also her like not taking anybody's shit. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the, the original movie, A New Hope. Yeah. When she's a prisoner on the Death Star. Yep. It's like she is the princess that needs rescuing. Yep. She does. But soon after that, it's like, get out of my way. I'm in charge. Stop not listening to me. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you can be like, I, I, it's, you know, just because you need rescuing and saving doesn't make you weak. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. I think like that's what movies sometimes do is try to portray someone as strong, particularly women. It's like, well, you can't show them needing rescuing. Like, you can't why? show them weak. Or, or like, well, the idea that you need a rescue is weak because right. Han Solo needed rescuing. Right. Luke Skywalker needed rescuing. They all needed rescuing. Yeah. And they all would, like, help each other. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make you weak to need help and a rescue. Yeah. You know? What do you do after that? Are you depending on someone else entirely? Are you participating in the rest of your escape? Are you taking charge? You know what I mean? It's like. It just was, yeah, it was definitely a a moment in my development where I realized that like princesses, the definition of princess itself shifted in over the course of a two hour movie or however long that movie is. And it was amazing. So, so that's why uh, it's at my number one and we'll never, doesn't matter how much I love any of the new movies or the offset movies or new characters that are introduced. And I am definitely from the camp of please keep making star Wars shit. I will watch all of it forever. Uh, and nothing will replace return the Jedi Mm. for me. Yeah. I mean, it has a pretty, the scenes with Luke and Darth Vader and the emperor are really good scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, the only thing that I think, I either read about and then noticed was I don't know what the emperor was trying to tempt Luke with like join the dark side, join the dark side. Like why would Luke do that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like what would, what could he offer Luke to do that? As opposed to the sequel trilogy, especially in the last Jedi, when Kylo Ren is trying to tempt Mm Ray, it's like Ray, just come with me. Like, first of all, they just did a surprise turn and fought together against mm-hmm. Snoke's minions and guards or whatever. And after they win that fight, he's like, just come with me. Forget all this stupid fighting and just, just don't hold on to the past. I'm like, that seemed like a good temptation. Like, I could see her being that being a choice that she had to think about. Well, on top of the fact that her wound is abandonment and not yeah. belonging. Yeah, so, totally makes you sense know, And he in the movie. saw that in... You know, seeing through her weakness and yeah. like, oh, you know, you really want to know who your parents are. Mm. You really want to have this like closure. You've got to get back to this like rando planet that only tortured you because well, they might come back. And especially you. like you're, you, you, you know, you're nobody right. in this fight. Yep. Which I loved that angle mm. because like you don't have to be right. anybody. Like who cares? It doesn't matter who you are. It matters what you do, and that's the 
that's the lasting impact in your participation in whatever issue or conflict that you're going to be in. Like who gives a shit who your parents were? What are you doing about the situation you're in? Yeah. 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 That's the only thing about Jedi. I'm not sure what Luke, what the emperor was trying to tempt him to do, but yeah, all those scenes with Vader uh, and you know, Ian McDermott is the emperor. It was fucking awesome. Like he yeah. is just amazing. And then especially like the big reveal that he can shoot lightning at his fucking hands. Like that's why the Ridge Tridge was really good about not overplaying a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like there was a lot like as far as scarcity goes, like if you look at this the prequel trilogy and just count up the minutes a lightsaber is on screen compared to the original movies, like think about how much you saw a lightsaber. And the first movie, like A New Hope, mm-hmm. like Luke ignites it once. Right. Uh, when he's on Tad, when Ben gives it to him. Audible gasp. Yeah. And then he yep. ignites it again on the Millennium Falcon when he's training with that little flying ball. And then Darth Vader and Obi-Wan fight. And that's it. It's like three minutes of screen time, if that. Empire, Luke uses it twice, and then he fights Vader at the end. Like, it's, they're barely in it. Like, that's what made it so awesome. It's like, these things are not figured prominently. And in the prequels, it's like, lightsaber, lightsaber, like, more, more, more. I'm like, no, what kind of made it cool was that it was used when it was absolutely necessary, not all the time. Right. Yeah. 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 So. It wasn't like a gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Or a toy. Right. It was just, and, and the sequel trilogy did, like, another thing with the lightsaber, like, made it out to be this super important thing. Like, the lightsaber should have been, like, here's a hammer. A hammer is a tool to hammer a nail. Like, that's how important, that's how significant this lightsaber should be. Like, wh- like who who cares whose this was? And how did you get it? There was a hand that was with this three movies ago. Like, you know, there's, like, those unanswered questions. And, like, it's so important, this lightsaber, this lightsaber. And especially in the beginning of The Rise of Skywalker, like, when Rey is, like, says to to lay as like i'm gonna earn your brother's lightsaber I'm like what do you mean earn it you've had it for three movies you've had it for two movies already and did it break in half in the end of the last one like that was <laughs> such a missed opportunity like i was i was hoping that she was gonna have her own that she made mm. because that was like a thing that jedis do they make their own lightsabers so i'm like she should have her own it should be gold and she ended up did having one i just wish she had it the whole movie right yeah yeah, yeah. so what is it <clears throat> what is it about Star Wars that makes us love it so much? Do you have an answer? I have so many answers, oh, okay. but I want to know what your answer is. Um, okay. Uh, lately, it's because I like, I just like watching our heroes do hero shit. <laughs> like, not everyone or every character needs to be like the hero or like the anti-hero or some sort of gritty, down-to-earth, like jaded, angry kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I want to see some, I want to see a hero that is like selfless, idealistic maybe, has a goal they want to work towards with their friends. It's like, you know... Like the idea that like I'm going it alone. I don't need any of these other jackasses. And it's like the idea that like, you know, 
these crazy values like loyalty and friendship, you know, so important. Are like I wrote those down. Too. They they don't get old, <clears throat> and it's refreshing to see. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know the moment. You know, I think this moment literally broke Disney Plus. Like when in the show The Mandalorian, the end of season two, we're like. Luke Skywalker shows up, kicks some ass, and is like a hero. And it's like, holy shit, our hero came back. And it's like, you know, one reason, like, why do we love it? Because it's like, we like to see, like, not everyone is going to be like this, you know? We're like, like the Captain Americas. It's like, yeah, not everyone is going to be that. Not everyone should or is or any character, every character. But God, it's some, it's so refreshing to see someone have integrity and mm-hmm. values mm-hmm. and strive to meet a goal for like something bigger than themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said so many things that I wrote down. Uh, I mean, I actually wrote down skills and friendships, right? <laughs> did we explain where that was from? Um, I think we did on the sports magic. Do we? Yeah. It's a freshman baseball a metaphor. Freshman baseball. saying. Um, to me, it's like, It's, I mentioned before, spirituality, religion. It has this energy for me of like a mythology Mm. that 100% applies to real life. Mm. It applies to real life because there are historic parallels and current event parallels. Yeah. You know, um, whether we're thinking about the parallels of like, you know, Rome or right, like Nazis, the, f- the, the fall or, of empires, mm-hmm. or the rise of, or the rise of, of, yeah. Um, it also, I think it's like the Bhagavad Gita mm. for me, in the same sense that it is. Um, it's a, it's how to live. It's how, it's a owner's manual of being a loyal and trustworthy and uh and human like a human who has deep values and so if you have this experience of like feeling lost or unmoored Mm. people often in those moments in life turn to religion organized religion spirituality (laughs) right and for me it's like I yeah. can always turn to the force. I can always turn to Star Wars. It is oh yeah, absolutely. How to live? Right, like a, you know, a moral compass. Yeah. In, in a you know, in a sea of ambiguity, or you know, it's like what um, would Leia do? Apathy. Genuinely, yeah. Yeah. what would Leia do? Not like not in a dramatic or like hyperbolic right. way, but like wow, this is a tough situation. What would Leia do? And not the and also like. You could answer that, ask that question of these characters, and you'd have to think of an answer. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't go to like, well, it just would get their blaster out and shoot everything or get their lightsaber out and slash everything. Like, if you were to ask that question about Indiana Jones, another character who I love in movies, what would Indiana Jones do? You know what I mean? It's like that character doesn't have the weight of that question necessarily. Exactly. I think Leia. And Luke Skywalker and Yoda mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan Kenobi do. Obi-Wan. 
Dude, Obi Wan show in like a month. I can't even. I'm I know. Just, I'm probably gonna cry through the whole thing. Just okay. To give you a heads up. That's on fine. That one. Um, it also is this story, and I think like this is again sends it over, you know, to be the yoga teacher on the podcast here Ugh. of the <laughs> of the parallel to the the Bhagavad Gita is it is a story of awakening mm. and each character has its own path mm. and its own um sense of who they are and how they be on this path and nobody is more valued like it goes back to what you said about the friendships and it's like this is your path a Wookiee is going to Wookiee on this path. And no one is going to be like, why is the Wookiee Wookieeing? Like, that's what the Wookiee is here to do. And, you know, there isn't a, you know, greater than, less than, more value, less value. Uh, everyone is on their own path to figuring out who they are and awakening. And it goes, you know, it's like better to live your own dharma mm. Uh, in its fullness and in its imperfection than try to live somebody else's. And Han has his path mm. and, you know, and, and there's this acceptance of who anyone is in any moment. Lando, yeah. you know, like, I mean, we could just list all of, um, oh, what is it? What is his name? Mm, not Finn. Uh, Poe? Poe. Mm. You know, like, Poe is exactly who he is supposed to be in that whole uh, adventure and that whole aspect of it. And he didn't back down from who he is and his moral compass mm. and what he believes to be his path here, even in the face of people wanting him to or adversity or, you know, kind of being questioned and their, and their pushback. There's just such solid, deep awareness around who people are as they awaken and, and they're on this mm. path. And I love that about it. Yeah. Wookie's going to Wookie. That's going to look great on a t-shirt. Yeah. I had this thought as far as like, when you're talking about like the fall of empires, the rise of empires and you know, who, who are we fighting essentially? Like mm -hmm. who are we standing up to maybe? Right. And you know, if you look at the force awakens episode seven, who are we protecting, right? Episode seven, The Force Awakens, when the bad guys are now the First Order, essentially, and they they have stormtroopers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the essentially a Sith Lord uh, or a Knight of Ren. You know, essentially a Dark Force user yeah. uh, in in the position of power. Um, when General Hux is giving that speech on Starkiller Base, I think yeah. it's meant to mimic Nuremberg yeah. with like the the banners hanging banners, and stuff. The lines right yeah, yeah yeah yep you know you may look at that and say like well is this lazy because it's like we're just doing the empire again you know what i mean but then you look at like in 2018 charlottesville like yep. there's nazis yep so like does the fight actually end or does right. it just continue a generation later and look a little different and have maybe a slightly different name right yeah yeah, yeah. it has a yep. slightly different name but like you're gonna fight the fight almost forever Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's why these stories are like timeless. Mm -hmm. Like very rare are these struggles, like isolated incidents in lives and generations. It's like right. they continue, you know what I mean? That's why these stories have longevity and they need to continue to be told in different ways, yeah. you know? 
And it's like, it goes to the thread of the dark side is the dark side. And when we look at patterns such as fear Mm. and hatred and um, suspicion and reactivity and those kind of things, like those are the path to the dark side and will manifest in whatever the flavor of the moment is. And yet there's those commonalities. So it's like when you're looking around you in real life or in Star Wars world, like are what is what you're hearing fear and blame and Mm. suspicion and anger? um, Or is it helping and coming together and working with a within a process of like what's everybody's strengths? What are they here yeah. to give and how are they here to support us and one another? Yeah. And it wasn't until I think I was actually a teacher. So I was in my late twenties, maybe early thirties, where I had a reflection about the dark side. Cause I think maybe a student and I were talking about it. Um and you know, a lot of these conflicts are framed in very, we'll say global, you know, multi-global mm-hmm. planetary. Cause it's like planetary systems and like very large scope. As far as like dark side, light side of the force, it's like, look at it on a much smaller scale, like individual or between people. Like how do you resolve conflicts or situations? It's like, or how do you meet situations that cause you anger and agitation? Do you lean into the anger you know, or do you not? I'm like, this is like the draw of the dark side. It's like, it's so easy to slip into anger. It's like, oh, I just got to let this anger out and have an outburst. I'm like, that's the dark side. Mm -hmm. Like you are, you are allowing the anger and it's like using the dark side slash like allowing those outbursts of anger. You're just training your brain for like a dopamine rush of that release. Like you're not actually in control and like you must learn control. So like then I was like, holy shit, like it's not about, you know, I'm trying to think of like, you know, using the dark side. It's like slipping into anger. It's it's so much easier. And I actually don't think that it's slipping into anger. I think it's, I think at the root of most anger is fear. Oh, totally. But like, I mean, like if you're in a situation, it's much easier. And if you're in a situation that's causing you tension, stress, or pushing your buttons, Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to slip into anger and an outburst and be angry. It takes considerable effort to train yourself to meet that situation without anger, with calm Mm -hmm. and, you know, almost maybe even understanding. Right. Like the light side is so much harder to wield and the anger. That's like when Yoda says, or Luke asks Yoda, is the dark side stronger? And Yoda's like, no, but it's easier. Yep. It's more seductive. I'm like, yeah, it's totally easier to meet your life. Things being angry like either internally or externally, yeah. like it's much harder to meet them with what we would say the light side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that like, this is where the macrocosm is the microcosm. Like you were saying, what is going on in the bigger scale between nations and good and alleged evil and all of those kind of like bigger world concepts is all happening mm. internally. Yeah. And so this battle between the light side of the force, the dark side of the force is all happening within us. It is the ego and the soul attempting mm. to decide, like, 
and the and the path of listening to your soul and being in alignment with that is absolutely harder than the path of succumbing to the fear mm. of your ego, which is what you know, your ego is here ultimately to do. It does think it's protecting you, not dissimilar to Darth Vader thinking in his eight self that he is protecting or could protect if he could control things in that way. Mm. Like it's all happening internally. And so we get to have discernment. We get mm. to choose. We get to keep choosing the light side of the force. We get to keep trusting in this you know, greater, more heart-centered, more soul and love-centered version of ourselves. And it doesn't mean to, like, not express anger, not to, um, you know, speak to when we are frustrated. It simply means, like, that doesn't get to be in the driver's seat, you know? like Yeah. And, like, just because you have those feelings Mm -hmm. doesn't make you, like, you know, if we're using Star Wars as this metaphor, if you're a Jedi and you have you acknowledge anger that you're experiencing, that doesn't make you a dark force user. Right. Like you know, what I mean, it's like just because you're acknowledging that you experience that very human mm-hmm. emotion mm-hmm. doesn't make you someone of the dark side. You know, it's just like okay, what's your? You have a choice then. Yep. Which way are you going? And then that will determine more dark side light side kind of thing but like yeah it's not about the initial reaction it's about the realization of the feeling and then the choice yeah it's see this is what i'm saying it's just <laughs> it doesn't help that these movies hold up i'm just saying like we this like the first three came out well, 77 80 and 83 they hold up for us we all know what the children's response who is. gives a shit <laughs> Okay, Gen Xer, we yeah. have to acknowledge that for younger generations, they may not think that a new hope holds up exactly. To be honest, the part that the the part that didn't hold up the most was the was the whole Act Three when the the X Wing they're attacking assault on the Death Star because like it was all models. Mm. And, like, you can tell, like, the movements of the ships were very kind of, like, <laughs> very stilted. Puppety. Very puppety almost, yep. yeah. I mean, there's a significant leap in Empire where, like, you can see the Millennium Falcon, like, drifting as it, yeah. like, banks from left to right. But even with the special editions, quote-unquote, like, that are on Disney+, Plus, essentially, where, like, that whole ending has been done with CGI. And the, the ships are given a more realistic look and, you know, they're flying a little bit more smoothly. So I think, you know, if you can look past the chops and the mustaches, it's pretty timeless. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we have nostalgia on our side as well. That's true. And many people do. That's true. And, you know, my, my recommendation typically is that people start with solo or rogue one if you're new to star wars mm-hmm. if yeah, you yeah. are not already on this bandwagon if you are still oh, listening I mean, really, miraculously to this podcast and you're like i don't i still don't care about star wars like wow we love you thank you and start yeah. with rogue one well this is a good question how to introduce here we go how are we introducing luna to star wars fuck. because this what fuck that's a hard question. It is a hard question, but like this is anyone who's like, 
what's Star Wars, question mark? Here's how you do it. Here's how I think you should do it. Oh, you have an answer. Okay. Well, I have a, I have a, th- I have a working theory. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, starting with the original 1977, episode four. Okay. It's a little hard, I'm saying. I'm saying Rogue One is a good spot to start because it's like, it's set in classic Star Wars, Empire versus the Rebels. It's got all the staples that come after in the next few movies. It's got X-Wings, TIE Fighters. It's got some reference to the Force, got some lightsabers, you know what I mean? But it's got that Rebellion versus Empire feel, and it feeds right into the original trilogy. So if you can buy in at Rogue One, you can go into A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Because again, that movie does hold up. Like the right. characters are great, the writing is great, um, the effects. I mean, yeah, I mean they're going to be dated even with the updates, the digital updates. It looks a little dated, yeah. but I mean, then if you but if you can get to that assault on the Death Star, that's all out the window. Right. That's fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, I think you start there. You go Rogue One original trilogy. Okay. And if you want, like, you can go prequels. Like then you go one two three. Okay. I am I'm done shitting on the prequels. Like they are not great movies, but I remember having students that watched them when they were young, and they loved them. They were like, the kids so I'm did. like, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna like say, oh, it's a prequel. This sucks. Here's why. Like, if you love a thing, love the thing. So here's what I think, though. Okay. I think we introduce it to her. In chronological order. Like, we just do. You, I, what? But I would start with Solo. I'd start start with Solo. What? I'd start with Solo. Oh, you mean like the story in chronological order? Yeah. Like you, but Solo has nothing to do. It's okay. Yeah, but like, but here's the thing though. Because sometimes continuity is so important to like a young viewer. Like we can, you can be like the end of this movie is the beginning of this next movie. Uh-huh. And like you can connect those dots. Like if you're maybe six or seven. But here's the problem. Because I remember when the kids were little and we were like watching the prequels because yeah. that was what came out. Yeah. Like they did not care about Star Wars prior to Anakin flying around and being a little boy. Like okay. that was a buy-in for them. Okay. Then saying after they like had watched all of that mm-hmm. and like been in Anakin land, like that now we're gonna watch the movies that came out before this, but they actually took place after this. Right. We do lose them. There's a potential of losing. So are you saying you start with episode one and then go forward? I think Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know because it's also hard to think about like, all right, how old is Luna and what is the technology that's happening at this point? Because, and are there other Star Wars movies I don't that take place prior to? I don't know. No, episode one is the earliest. Yeah, but you of, don't know what they're going to come out with. That's true. Like, I would love a Knights of the Old Republic show. That'd be fucking amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how we approach this <sighs> with toys. Okay, this is a hard question that we got to find the answer to. Her parents aren't going to do this. They're not. We have to do this. Yes, we do. Yep. Yeah, this is what grandparents are for. 
Right. Because she'll be watching, like, I don't even know what. Twilight. <laughs> Which is fine. Again, fine. like, I'm old enough that I'm going to stop shitting on things that people like. Okay. Like, I'm going to... Except Eternals. If Except you like that for movie. when I'm like, no, do not start talking about Eternals. <laughs> and except for when I'm like, honey, let's watch this movie. And you're like, mm, sus. Yeah. So. Oh, you have no, I have no trust in your choices. Oh, if it's something that I've not heard before. If oh. you're like, hey, let's watch this. I'm like, oh, hmm, hold on. What about like. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna go down this rabbit hole because this is a Star Wars episode and this is about Star Wars Day. So to wrap it up, okay, it's presumably Star Wars Day when everyone is kind of listening to this. Yeah. So our suggestion. Oh yeah. Okay. Suggestion for, for Star Wars Day. Like, how to observe? How to observe? How do you observe this holiday? Holy cow! What is the ritual in a nutshell? Well, there's several tiers. Several tiers. So like. Well, we're we're going with beginners okay maybe have never celebrated and imbibed on this particular high holiday so oh okay if you if if you if this is like your first Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like you know go to spotify hit up a playlist of star wars music get Mm -hmm. yourself in the mood get yourself in the mood you know just listen to that maybe yeah if you got time for one movie yeah rogue one or episode four a new hope great either or i mean those are both fun, or solo. It's just, it's just, it's so, it's just so separate from the Star Wars narrative. But it's fun. It's super fun. It's very fun. It's fun. It's like that's the Western, the outlaw Western. Like the Empire exists. Like the Empire is a presence there, so it's not like completely mm-hmm. removed. Mm-hmm. Donald Glover mm-hmm. is fantastic as Lando. It's mm-hmm. got the Millennium Falcon, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 And you can kind of go in whatever direction you want to go in as far as food and <laughs> beverages are concerned on this holiday. Uh, it can be fun to get creative and try to think about things like... Oh, you can get some blue milk. Blue milk <laughs> or green milk, I guess. Um, and uh, maybe even just making your favorite food and then calling it Star Warsy type of You know what? Things. If you don't have time for an entire movie, here's what I suggest. The first two episodes of the fantastic show Rebels. Oh, my God. So it's a cartoon, if that turns you off, like it does my wife, for crying out loud. This show, this show. Except for Bob's Burgers and Archer. This show hits so many emotional and musical beats like there are moments where i'm just like star wars chills mm-hmm. like if you like star wars jedi chills this show has that as sure. far as music which i love it has a great soundtrack but it also like oh my god something's happening and they're playing the force theme like the theme mm-hmm. when like um in the original movie when you know obi-wan is like obi-wan kenobi Obi-Wan. Like that like, that music and it, that music is playing during a scene when the force is significant. I'm like, Same. "Oh, I fucking love it. Thank I you." Want you to sing that music. Thank you for acknowledging the musical motifs that are established and using them. I that makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. So that show does it. 
It's all classic Star Wars. It's like Empire and Rebels, obviously. obviously. And there's a lot of good things. Like I, There's only, I think, four seasons. I think I'm on season four. But the last episode of that I watched, um, if you've ever watched any TV show, and there's usually music over the end credits, but in some episodes there is no music because something devastating happened, mm-hmm. that's where I left off. And I haven't gone back since. Okay. If you are not... Uh- one that wants to celebrate this day watching movies, I recommend playing the game Edge of the Empire. That's a good one. And or if you are someone who enjoys uh, reading books mm. or maybe we're hooking you with some of these conversations around awakening and uh, parallels with the Bhagavad Gita mm. and Arjuna's journey, you can check out the book called Dharma of Star Dharma Wars. Star Wars is good. Yep. If, I, I would even say that if you have someone young in your life that likes Star Wars and wants to play a game, Star Wars X-Wing. Yeah. Just get the base game, though. because it's Oh, yeah. Awesome. No, it's like yeah. two TIE fighters and an X-Wing. Yeah. That's all it is. And then there, it's pretty simple from there. It's just you fly around and shoot each other with dice. It's and fantastic. you just recently built a Boba Fett helmet. I did. I built a Boba Fett helmet. Out of Legos. It. I did. So that's another option for Star Wars Day. There really is. It's like, it's just one of these holidays where you can open it up to whatever it is that you enjoy doing and then connect it to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I also recommend buying uh, someone you love Star Wars jewelry because that's Uh, a good gift for Star Wars Day. It's a high holiday. (laughs) And uh, there's some beautiful Star Wars jewelry out there uh, that... My sweet husband has purchased through the years. I have. Um, I think it was at the uh, anniversary. This year, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nailed it. You did nail it. <laughs> um, yeah, so having fun like yeah. with the holiday and making it as intricate or as simple as yeah. you want it like to be. Like all fandoms, more fun, no gatekeeping. Yeah. Everything is for everybody. And not that serious and it also is very <laughs> yeah it's like it's only star wars <laughs> but star wars is everything it's star wars <laughs> yeah all right all right this yeah. is genie this is matt this is mutual victory yeah, star wars star pew, wars day pew 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 p